0: Welcome to Sell Like a Woman, the podcast, the place to be to learn how to get anything you want, whether it's more money, more customers, or even to get your kiddo to go to bed on time or your spouse to help with the laundry. I'm your host, Kendrick Shope, and welcome to Sell Like a Woman, the podcast. It is such a pleasure to be here today with the one, the only Sharon Lecter. Welcome to the show, Sharon.
1: Thank you, Kendrick. I'm delighted to be with you.
0: I, uh, I kind of am having one of those, I just want to pinch myself moments. Uh, for <laughs> those of you who, who maybe have lived under a rock and don't know, uh, Miss Sharon Lecter, she is a powerhouse in every form of the word. She has sold over 30 million books. Just think about that for a minute. 30 million books. That just gives me chills. Uh, she has a reach in a hundred plus countries, a thousand plus keynotes given. And she, I guarantee you has authored a book that is extremely popular in the online space. And we're, we're going to talk about that, but she's been featured everywhere. And it is such an honor to have you here on our show. So again, thank you and welcome.
1: Well, thank you, Kendrick, and I'm delighted to be with you because I love, you know, I'm, uh, I always want to support young women coming up, and you are definitely a powerhouse in your own right, and I'm excited about uh, the opportunity to get to know you better.
0: Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. So let's talk about where you're going right now. We're going to, we're going to get the backstory in a minute, but, but you've, you've made this, um, this shift or maybe not shift, but you're talking about the play big movement. And, uh, it was funny because we, we were at church on Sunday and I thought about you, our pastor talked about, um, dream bigger and my husband leaned over and he said this was written for you like i don't know <laughs> if it's possible for you to dream any bigger and 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 i kind of thought about you tell us what the play big movement is
1: well, thank you, Kendrick. Most of my life, I always felt that if you're going to do something, be the best, right? And so when I had the talking book um, business, we partnered with Disney, Warner Brothers, and then of course, building the Rich Dad organization over 10 years. We partnered with Warner Books, Time Life, all, you know, always going with the bigger players to help us get the greatest leverage and the great, greatest, um, you know, distribution possible. And so, um, about five and a half years ago, actually, when I left Rich Dad, I partnered with Napoleon Hill Foundation. So again, always working with the top brands. And about five and a half years ago, we lost our youngest son. And it was, um, you know, everyone watching and listening to this has probably had something happen during their life that made you stop in your tracks. Well. I was plenty busy and I stayed plenty busy, even though, you know, at that time it was really I was devastated. And I really went into what I call autopilot. I asked everybody watching, I bet in your life, you've been on autopilot or just in neutral. And um, I was no longer proactive about my career. I was just reactive. And it took me, gosh, it, I mean, it took me forever to realize that I had you know allowed myself to go into this level of, of really depression and sadness and, and grief. And I was like, even though I was still busy, and I was um, going all over the world Mm -hmm. speaking, I wasn't living the life the way that I had um, really wanted to, and that's living big and really striving. If you're going to be on this earth, we need to make, um, you know, add value to other people's lives. And about a year and a half ago, I started thinking about retiring because of that. And um, I got a little pushback. And I even think I got a little message from above saying, get over it, mom, you have more to do. And so I really have made remade the commitment to go back to driving and supporting people looking for financial freedom to support them to get their business to the next level. And I'm doing that when I call it the play big movement. It's me playing big again. And in that effort sharing what I'm doing and supporting other people and understanding how they can leverage what they're doing, not just to be number one in their field, but to really live their legacy. Don't wait for it to, for when you're gone. Do it each and every day. Everybody you touch, you're leaving a legacy with them. And then, of course, to create maximum impact. So that's the Play Big Movement. And I invite everybody to join us along at playbigmovement.com.
0: Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And I, you know, I, in my research uh, for this, I I missed the part that, that, that sort of kicked off the whole play big movement. I don't know how I missed that, but, you know, I would imagine that it could be very easy to say after, after an experience, a traumatic experience like that, I'm I'm done. Uh, You, you continue to go through the motions sort of for four to five years, but to, Say to 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 listen to that call from above to to respond to the pushback and say okay I'm I'm going to do the hard thing and get back out there and re-engage. I would imagine that that is a an extremely difficult decision was it
1: Well, it's not a, it's not a, a switch that you flip and um, go from um, being in neutral to drive again It's one that kind of keeps going back and forth and okay. say Am I really doing this yeah. But um, it really you know the The feedback that I get from people that I see now when I'm speaking, they go sharing something's different. I see a fire back in your eye, and it's like validation to me that you know I wasn't I wasn't feeding my own spirit by staying in neutral. And certainly, um, I can't imagine just retiring. That's just not my nature. So. As a little girl, my dad would ask me each night, "Have you added value to someone's life today?" And so now that I focus on really making the most of of each day and really, uh, really support, really wanting to make an impact the most, people um, is what gives me a purpose to get out of bed in the morning. So it's, it really has re-energized me and. Um, I, I look forward to the next few years much more than I did a, a, a year ago. So what
0: a what a beautiful thing to be able to say, especially out of an experience like what what you had. That's a that's a beautiful testament to to your son. Well,
1: yeah, a lot of us. I mean, I had a huge business divorce with rich dad, and things that we would think would stop you in your track and be a negative. But none of that compares to. I can't not, you're not supposed to outlive your children, and so no. it's something that has brought me to a whole new awareness of people that are facing adversity and um, understanding. And I really didn't share a lot about it, Kendrick, because it was something obviously when you, you know, there was total grief and, and even a little bit of shame. My son um, took his own life and he had years of depression and at 30 years old, um, you know, as a parent, you can't control them anymore. But at the same time, there's nothing worse than losing a child and, is something that uh, took a long time for me to want to even really share about it because it's something that was so personal. Sure. And I didn't want to, I didn't want it to come across that I was trying to um, benefit from losing them. And so I didn't talk about it a lot, but as I've started sharing, I realized that it really is helping other people come up and talk about things that happen in their life. And so I realized that um, by sharing it, I'm actually being more vulnerable. I'm being more aware, you know, authentic Yeah, and people can relate more and are willing to share their own, their own trials and tribulations. So,
0: you know, if you bring up an interesting point about 14 years ago, it's certainly not the same thing, but about 14 years ago, 15 years ago, uh, my husband and I had been married for a year. Uh, he was 27 years old and he had three massive strokes. Mm-hmm. and he could not walk, he could not move, he could not mm-hmm. speak, and he almost died. Um, the doctor looked me in the eyes and said, I can't promise you he'll live through the night. Oh my and, goodness. You, you know, we're, we're fortunate. He had amazing doctors, and, and and he eventually made a full recovery. However, uh, I, it, it's, it's always interesting, if I choose to share that story, Blake and I have had conversations about is this this right story to share? Does it really belong here? Are you trying to, you know, it, yes, it's our experience, but we don't want it to be seen that you're trying to, you know, benefit in some weird way or, and it's not about people, you know, feeling sorry for you. It, our story is a positive one about what can come out of that, you know, that experience, but it, but it's a very real thing to think about. Are, are, why are you sharing it? Are, are you sharing it for the right reasons? Will it be viewed the right way? You never know. It's, it's, it's all it's just an added layer that you don't need when you're dealing with something like that. Well, it's
1: something that I want to applaud, both you and I, I applaud both of us for Absolutely. having those thoughts because you and I are both in this industry where there's a lot of people telling a lot of made-up stories and a yeah. lot of, you know, so, and your whole concept of authentic selling, you know, it's by by telling the true pain and the true, you're, I think people understand that you truly are sharing it for Um, the right reasons. And that's that tells volumes. So
0: yeah, yeah, I think that there's there's too much gloss and and glam. And I love gloss and glam. I I do. But there's too much gloss and glam in this online industry. When I got in Sharon, uh, you know, I thought, and and I was a successful, had a successful corporate career. I'm almost embarrassed to admit I thought this, but I thought I'm gonna quit my job. I'm gonna Put up a website and I'm going to be a
1: millionaire the next day. And
0: oh my gosh, that's the furthest thing from what happened. You know,
1: the dream of an entrepreneur, overnight success. Yeah. I'm telling you.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit about that about money, about Rich Dad, about your, you know, all of your, all of the works that you have brought into this world. How many books have you, have you authored? 22. I can't even get one done, Sharon. Like seriously, how in the world do you write 22 books and sell 30 million books? It is you, you, I, I'm a little bit in awe. I'm not a little bit. I'm a lot in awe. It's so impressive. So when was your when when was your very first book?
1: Well, the very first book was actually in my and I don't even include include these in the 22 when we built the talking book industry for kids. The yeah. books that have the sound strips down the side. Yeah. Okay. So I worked on several of those. And then we had another company that I, when I first moved to Arizona, that was um, where you touched the page. So yeah. I actually wrote most of those books, but my first book was actually Rich Dad, Poor Dad from a it was of uh, where, where I was an author. Yeah. Yeah. I my husband on a book, intellectual property um, handbook, which was about intellectual property. I had helped him as quite a, as an editor, but Rich Epworth, that was actually the first book that uh, I, I authored. So
0: what an amazing, what an amazing book. It's funny because I am um, about three years ago, a mentor of mine suggested I read that book and I didn't know you at the time. We weren't in each other's world, but I think I've read all. Of your books now, and it's and and it was before we ever met. You are um, extremely popular in in my space. Your work is <laughs> extremely popular. Why do you think "Rich Dad Poor Dad" and 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 all of your works, as it re- regards to financial freedom and 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 all of the things that have to do with with money? Why do you think that they've taken off and they've sold thirty million copies? What's the secret?
1: Well, certainly, Rich Dad's popularity and the first uh, five books that we wrote were successful before the internet, even before Amazon, yeah. which is, I know, hard to believe. <laughs> age. But uh, it was a time when there truly were, you had to go to a bookstore and actually buy the book. But uh, um, I think it was, it was popular because it wasn't telling, it was sharing. And yeah. certainly today you hear a lot of things about storytelling and being authentic. But, you know, we, we shared the message of, of financial responsibility about um, by telling a story. And people could identify, of course, rich dad, poor dad. People immediately, we, before they even read the book, you, you say, well, my dad was a poor dad or my dad was a rich dad. Okay. And so there's immediate uh, relationship built. And then the story unfolds and shares things about how we think about money. And that's a big issue. And the, the, the messaging that, that we gave through Rich Dad and then I gave now through the Napoleon Hill Foundation and through my own books, through Pay Your Family First, It's really a core same message is don't work for, you know, don't exchange your time for money. Okay, invest your time in building assets that create money. And that message needs to be shared by everyone because that's truly when you want to be financially free is creating assets. You're doing that through your online courses so they can be selling while you're sleeping. Exactly. too, Too many people exchange their time for money and they need more money so they try and get a second job or they try to work overtime. And I say, you know, we only have one precious resource and that's our time. That's the truth. So we want to open people's eyes to the fact that once you can get to the point where you realize it's your own personal asset column is truly your business, then your life will start changing.
0: I love that. I want to tell you my biggest takeaway from, I think it was from pay yourself, pay your family. I think it was from pay your family. I, I may be getting them confused, but my biggest takeaway was at the time that I, I read that book, I we, we were approaching seven figures in, in our business for the first time. And it was a big milestone. I wanted to hit seven figures by 40. It was sort of a, a quota. You know, I come from the sales world. Quota, exceeds quota, quota, exceeds quota. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: and, and it was interesting because all of my friends, Sharon, were telling me you're so attached to this goal and you're killing yourself to get there. And I kept thinking, yeah, maybe, but that's who I am. I'm a hard worker. And, and literally I did an exercise as a result of reading, like I said, I believe it was, I believe it was that book. I did an exercise where I sat down and realized what I was making per hour. And I I, I wanted to vomit. I mean, it was like $7. Like I was, I had made, I made more in pharmaceutical sales, even though I was about to hit seven figures, I was working nonstop. It was in my own business. the, The worst part was I had created this you know, in the, in the search of financial freedom in the search of making money while you sleep. And all of a sudden it, again, it was like seven or $6 an hour. And I, I had a moment where I went to the corner of my office and I curled up in a ball and I sobbed because I didn't know a way out at this point. And, uh, it was my biggest takeaway from all of your work was we have to reverse the ship. There's no more Kendrick to go around. As a matter of fact, she's drowning. You
1: were, you were working so much in your business that you weren't working on your business. That's exactly right.
0: That's exactly right. And, and, and I took on way too much to hit that financial goal that ended up being, you know, uh, <laughs> it, it was a great goal to hit, but I, I didn't even enjoy it because it, of everything we were doing. So your work really has changed my life. Um, I, I will say three years after that, you know, we just had our most successful launch ever and it was drama free, and it was hassle free, and it's all the things that you talk about are possible. It's, they're finally happening, you know?
1: You're working smart, not just hard, right? Yes,
0: yes. Do you think that in the initial stages of building a business, do you think that it's possible to work smart, or do you think that at some point you just, you, you transitioned into that? And what, I'm, what I mean by that is, when I, when I started my business, I, I was, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, go, 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 take on the extra client, do this, do this, do, you know, and I, I, maybe to my own detriment. Do you think that you can start working smart from the beginning?
1: Well, I think you work smart and hard at the beginning. And many of us, you know, you jump in there and you think you can do it on your own. I think if you get the right mentor, you get the right advisors that can help steer you around the pitfalls, you can be smarter much sooner. But many of us jump in there and we become street smart because of the mistakes we made along the way. And but at the end of the day I don't know anybody that started a business that's today very successful that didn't put in a lot of time getting it up and running because that's that's the nature of building those assets, putting in the time now so that you have the freedom later. And so being an entrepreneur is a lonely thing to do because if you're the only one, you're at the top of the helm, there's nobody to ask. So that's why it's so important to have those peer mentors or masterminds or have a mentor that can help you move along the way.
0: Who are people that at your level help that you you turn to? When you're you're at, you're definitely at the top. 22 books, 30 million 20, 2022 books, 30 million copies sold uh, of, of an empire. You're sitting on top of an empire. So when you you are like I just don't know. Do you have people you turn to even
1: at your level? Oh, absolutely. Some of my dearest friends, you know, Mark Victor Hansen who created the chicken soup for the soul series, um the the CEO of the Napoleon Hill Foundation. Yeah. Many of the people in my industry are dear friends of mine. I'm Bob Berg, who you've had on this show. Yeah. people that uh, are there to support, we support each other. I mean, today's not competition, it's collaboration and supporting each each other and creating our own success, but also being proud of each other. Um, When I made the decision to leave Rich Dad, and it was a very, you know, we were in litigation for a year, but the people within the industry reached out to me and said, we couldn't wait for you to leave. We want to support you. How can we help you? And that's, that's when you know you are authentic and you've got the right people in your corner. And that's what makes having your own business you know, really rewarding because you are your own boss. You are the the CEO of your own life, but yet you've got all these people there cheering you on and supporting you. And that's the value of those power. I, I teach the power of association Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm delighted and thrilled to now have your association, Hendrick, because I think we can support each other. You have a tremendous value that you add and it will be welcomed and received by my audience. And so now we have the opportunity to collaborate and through that association, bring more value to the people that we serve. Yeah.
0: What a beautiful way to say that too. I think that, you know, some of my dearest and closest friends, but just I've met through mass, exactly what you said, masterminds and and we came up together. It's Mm -hmm. so interesting when you look back seven, eight sets, seven, eight years ago when we were just starting. And now people say, it's it's just an interesting, it's an interesting story. You mentioned a lot of, uh, a lot of people that uh, I followed for a long time. Bob is one of them. I, I don't. I don't know if you know this, but one of the sales books that my manager in Chicago had us read was "Go Give or Sell More," mm-hmm. and 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 so when he was on the show, I said, "This is another full circle moment. I can't believe that I have the privilege of speaking to you because I was just tasked to read your book eight years ago, nine years ago." So, I, I agree. I think that. You know, and it's something that our friend Lisa Copeland says about collaboration, not competition. I, 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 women and men who believe that bring something really unique to the table. And it's just beautiful, beautiful for our and audience. I, think, and and I know you spend TV. a lot
1: of time working with women, but it's really important because women in particularly, um, we tend to think we have to do everything ourselves. And we yeah. tend not to ask for help. And it's really important to reach out and have a, that team of women that are there to support you. I mean, I've I'm, I'm been involved with Women Presence Organization for 20 years, and um, that organization, every chapter is a small group of women that are all in different industries, so there's not competition, but they're there to really f- form like a an advisory board of directors for each other. Every month they get together, and if somebody has a problem, everything stops. We look at that problem and somebody else in the room has dealt with that before. And that's that power of having that peer mentoring group with that mastermind to support you through the process and give you alternatives that have worked. And maybe a few that haven't worked. So yeah. you save yourself the effort. So. Yeah, I agree. So I'm going to ask you about
0: writing books, but well, a lot of my audience has a, is, is, is very much, of the belief that they're here to make a big impact, which 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 goes into the playing big movement, right? The play big movement here to make an impact, and they a lot of them dream of of writing books and, and tapping into this field that you've had such a successful career in. For someone who has never written a book, who doesn't know where to start, what would you say the, the what what advice would you give them?
1: Well, that's a great question, Kendrick, because it's something that I get asked a lot. But it's something that it's really quite simple. It's never been easier to write a book used to you know you'd have to have it so lent so long and in order to make the print run Well, today with ebooks you don't you know you that's not even a requirement and what happens is e- everyone watching this or listening you are an expert you're nobody's walked in your shoes you are an expert in your life and what you've lived through and the you need to share that expertise and you can share that expertise through a book and that book will help you go from being an expert to an authority and that's so important that it gives you that opportunity. So the first thing you ask yourself, the people that you work with, do you hear the same question a lot? I bet you do Kendrick, people looking to get your support. You probably get the same set of questions, write them down and start writing out what your answers are because you probably give the exact same answer all the time. And you do that and within an hour, you know, within a day or two, you actually have the, the, the outline for your book. And that you're sharing that expertise. I had a, a client um, a couple of years ago. she was a young real estate agent and her family run business. she worked for mom and dad, and she was one of the top performers, but she was young and beautiful, just like you, Kendrick. and she you know the, nobody respected her. she's a, you know the older, older guys in the they oh, yeah. Pat her on the head, right? And so we talked about it and I said, you know, write a book. And she did. And within six months, she called me back and she said, I'm, you know, I'm still the top producer that hasn't changed, but all of a sudden everybody respects me because now I get called on the radio. I do radio interviews. I've even done a couple of television interviews just because she wrote the book. And that gives you that elevation of credibility. And you can do it by just thinking, what is it that I already know? How can I share that and share it through stories? You know, I, I
0: had no idea that that was the answer, um, but I will tell you, that's what I tell people when they want to create a course. So mm-hmm. somebody, you know, and it's funny because I have a picture when I created sales school of my office and it was just full of like three by five or four by six index cards. And it was questions that I was asked over and over and over that I felt like a robot. Exactly what you're saying. Yep. I gave the answer over and over and over to you and I put them into buckets. And at that time it created a six week course. Now it's a seven week course, but literally, you know, this is the, all the answers to this this is how we bucket it. And so it's fascinating to me that you would do. A, I mean, it makes total sense now that you say it, but of course you would do a book the same way. What questions are you asked over and over that you can address for the
1: masses, right? That you have expertise on that you say the same thing over and over. It makes perfect well, and sense. And the book that I'm writing right now, the same thing. I just finished the play big course which is 14 segments, but the book that I'm writing is telling a little bit about this stage of my life and the story and losing my son and refocusing. But it really is highlighting what I have in the course because that's my message now. And it's about how to pick yourself up when something stops you in your tracks and realize that you're not alone. Because what you shared just a few minutes ago, most people of us do go in the corner and we get, (laughs) you know, and we go, we go smaller and we allow ourselves to, you know, to shrink. And that's, that's what depression does to us. We get, you know, we turn off the lights and we get smaller and we cry. Well, allow yourself to do that and then, and then get over it and start expanding and go out and make new people, expand your associations. But there's a process that you can go through to get yourself out of that level of grief. And you can't do it alone. You got to start being willing. And I tell people, you know, we hear a lot, let people help you. Well, that's, you know, a lot of us will let people feel they're helping us. The issue, the trick is receiving that help. Many of us have a hard time receiving the help mm-hmm. and allowing it to be there. And that's something that particularly for those type A personalities that we have, we realize that, you know, the more that you allow people to support you, it's not it's not a negative to be vulnerable. And this is something that most of us, Um, we perceive ourselves as a negative if we're vulnerable. And I'm coming to learn that more and more the older I get, that it's okay to be vulnerable. So yeah.
0: It's interesting. I'm, I, I meet with a colleague of mine once a week. She's a dear friend and we, we just pick each other's brains. Um, and, and she's an expert in so many things that I'm not. And I happen to have some sales expertise. So we compliment, compliment each other well. And a, a year, about a year ago, she said, Kendrick, you never bring questions. I come with a list of questions. Why don't you bring questions? And I realized I'm not asking for help. Like if something pops up on my mind on the call, I'll say, Hey, let me ask you this real quick. But she was taking the time to prepare, and this is where I really need help. And and it blew my mind. And I, I would have never even realized, Sharon, that I was a person who um didn't ask for help, who didn't, but I couldn't I didn't even ask for it. It's been mind boggling to me to just say, Hey, I'm really confused. I need help here. What the heck
1: would you do? You know? And that's, it's so typical. Many of, I was the same way. And I it's still for me, um, you know, you and I both work with some guys out of New York. And I remember the first interview I had with them when I talked to them, I was considering hiring them. And they said, you know, you need to be more vulnerable. And I couldn't even say the word. I said, what do you mean more vulnerable? I mean, it was hysterical. We still laugh about it because it's like, all right, wait a minute. I've spent my life trying to be a good teacher. When you're, yeah. you know, and you're supposed to not, you're supposed to act like you know what you're talking about, right? And it's like, well, if you truly want to teach, you need to open your heart and share the things that are going on in your own life as well.
0: You do, but I, w- I and, and I don't know that the, that our friends in New York would agree with this, but I think there's a fine line there in still yeah. being the
1: expert and being vulnerable. Would you agree? Right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it's, you know, part of it is, you know, being able to share the the, 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 the steps along the way and the setbacks yeah. along the way and how you got over them. But yeah, there's not, you know, I, I have a real issue with people who say, you know, fake it till you make it. I don't believe in that. I think no. you, you really have to be able to you dress the part. I agree with, right? Dress the part, oh, I do too. but not, but not fake it till you make it because yeah. I think then you're doing the people you're working with a disservice because you're, you're not qualified. You haven't earned the right. So there's definitely a difference between earning the right to do something and understanding that it, it by earning that right, you have a few stripes on your back that you need to be willing to share that you had.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's interesting because when people come through sales school, lots of times they they're they're new to the entrepreneur online business game, whatever, and they they say, "I want to get paid what I'm worth." And I'll say, "And I want you to get paid what you're worth." But here's the thing: um, you get paid an experience in the beginning. You know, you you do. You you, you may make a little bit of money, but the experience that you get will be invaluable and it will allow you to be seen as an expert so much faster. Even for me with a 20 plus year sales career, you know, my first offer was $197. I needed to, to prove that I could translate those skills into this business. And I, it's a it's a it's a hard thing I think for people to realize that uh, getting paid an experience is it's not fun. It doesn't put money in your bank account initially but it sure does put it there a lot faster in the long run
1: well that's that employee um, self-employed mindset at work you yeah know, my, i need to get my hourly compensation yeah that's, that's true you, have, you know we have to convert that mindset from being an employee self-employed mindset to one of understanding that sometimes it takes a lot of effort to create an asset but once that asset starts generating income you're getting paid a you know an infinite amount per hour based on the fact that you spent all that time putting it together. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So I've got just two more questions for you. I want to be respectful of your time. The first question is about mindset. So you brought up mindset and it mindset's one of the things that it's a pretty common word in the, in the industry in which I'm in, people are pretty aware of what it means. I'll have to say it's interesting to me because before I entered this world, I did not know what that meant. Mm -hmm. It's not a, what commonly, wasn't a commonly used word in corporate America, and, I, and if it was, I misunderstood it. So what do you think the most important thing is to having a mindset that allows you to play big?
1: Well, I think, um, let's take us back to a kid. So when you were a child, what did you hear about money? Um, pinch your pennies, it doesn't grow on trees, we can't afford it. Yeah. So all of those things were negative comments. And so as a child, you hear money negative, money negative, money negative. Well, that is in our subconscious. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden we're, we're afraid we're never gonna have enough money or when we start becoming successful, we're afraid we're gonna lose it. And once you can recognize that those things sometimes happen to us as children that impact our attitude as adults, And that once you look at it, you can actually get past it and understand that we live in a world of abundance, not a world of scarcity, and you have the opportunity to create what you want. But your attitude and your environment are very, very important. And we use the term mindset. It's really your attitude and, and the environment and what you feed your mind. Are you allowing yourself to believe that you're not worthy? Negative, are you hiding in the corner? are you saying, oops, that happened, okay, I'm going to learn from it, I'm going to keep going, That added, having perseverance, and having an attitude of positivity, and understanding that, okay, here's a no, all right, that means not yet, let's keep going until we get the yes, and that's something that each and every one of us can benefit from, but I think the most successful people out there have that attitude of never quit, attitude of um, really providing value because, you know, the most successful businesses solve a problem or serve a need. Mm-hmm. And that's what helps keep your mindset. As long as you know that your passion is solving a problem or serving a need, that's going to give you the energy to keep going every day. Yeah. And I think that
0: you talk a lot about mindset, um, think and grow rich. There's a lot about that your thoughts and, 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 and how wealthy people think. And, and, and it's a, it's a pretty powerful, it's pretty powerful, um, kind of 180, I feel like in in the way that we think about some things as far as money is concerned. It's a a great recommendation for anybody who's watching. So my final question is for the play big movement. So what if you've got some, we've got people out here who are saying, okay, I'm scared, I'm nervous, but I am ready to play big. I like this legacy stuff that Sharon's talking about. I, I know this to be true. I feel it in my core. Maybe even they're getting that higher calling like you and I talked about what's the first step? Because it's scary. When you, when you realize you want to play big, it can be nerve-wracking and scary. And what will my family think? And how will I make money? And I could go into all the mindset stuff, but I won't. So what's the first step that they take?
1: Well, the first step is recognizing that you have an opportunity and, an, and a responsibility to share your message, that there are people out there that are waiting to hear from you and that their lives can be benefited from it. And so you take your take. Go from your own mind to the world and know that you can make a contribution. And I had a client here last week that had come to one of my courses three years ago, and she's now has a multi million dollar coaching business. And she says, you know, the the one thing that you teach, Sharon, that nobody else says is you make the deal, not the contract, but the deal. The power of creating those relationships and that power of association. That's what playing big is all about. How can you allow yourself to leverage what you do in the greatest way? That leverage can come through finding a business that has clients that can benefit from your service, or it can be from a, a peer that can, you the two of you can work together to create a bigger pie or finding somebody who's already got credibility that will immediately bring your credibility up. All of those elements we talk about in the Play Big Course so that we open your mind to the ideas of certain ways you can operate to change your business from where you are today so that you're not so busy working in your business, we start helping focus on your business and how you can get it to a bigger way. And instead of owning a job, Let's own a business and that business can operate with or without you and continue growing and generating revenue for you. What I can
0: tell you is uh, it, that was a game changer in my life. And, you know, i like a, a, for anybody watching uh, three or four years ago, it looks like from the outside, I had it all made on track to hit that, that first seven figures. And, uh, you know, I was secretly crying in the corner saying, what have I done? I'm making $6 an hour. So it's, it, it, that, that learning that, and, and, and through Sharon's, Sharon's work and, and, and my own, my own work, it's changed everything for me. It's, it's finally allowed me to see the other side of all this work that I've done. So thank
1: you so much for that. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. But the, the, uh, the applause is on you for actually doing it. A lot of people come up to me and say, you know, your book changed my life. And I go, well, I'm glad I wrote something that inspired you. But if your life changes because you put forth the effort and everybody watching or listening to this, you have the opportunity to create the greatest success and the success that you deserve. You just need to take action. And so, um, you know, if you can work with what Kendrick offers in her course or in my course, the Play Big Movement or any of the books, just take action and understand that um, every action is a step forward, even if you have to learn something along the way. That's the truth. That's the truth.
0: I love it. Sharon Lecter, thank you so much for being here. It is, uh, I'm smiling like a kid at Christmas. It is a complete (laughs) honor to know you, to be in your world, to be
1: associated
0: with you. And I look forward to, uh, to supporting your journey along
1: the way. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kendrick. And thank you everybody for watching.
0: Uh, We're going to end with, you know, the classic Kendrickism here. I believe in you and I believe in your business. Take a step today, like Sharon said, buy a book, invest in a course. Just, Just acknowledge that you have work to do. It's out there waiting for you. Go claim it. Thanks, everybody.